Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us at Twitter at at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am stuck in St. Louis cheering for a second place team this week. <laughs> I mean, this is brutal. It could be worse. It's it could brutal. be worse. The, listen, Mariners just, the Mariners series just went really well. It did. It did. And listen, I, I'm definitely, I have a lot of good things to say about that. But being that I listen to St. Louis Sports Radio just to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on around here. I'm not kidding you. If I had a dollar for every time I heard them mention Jack Flaherty and Cy Young Award winner, or if I had them, um, if I had a dollar for every time I heard a sports personality discuss the rotation for a five game series, playoff series, I'm like over it. I'm over it. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just be really clear before we jump into this Mariners and Cubs series. The St. Louis fan base is kind of delusional about some things. And I was just in an argument about this earlier this week because there was another one of those like national sports writer person who doesn't actually pay attention to stats claiming that Yadier Molina was a first, like an auto hall of famer. And that's just not true. (laughs) Like he's cuspy as like a later ballot guy. And I get that St. Louis loves him and thinks that he's great and he won a, a bunch of championships and everything. But if you look at his war, and you look at Jaws, and you look at his best seven years, he's like the 26th or 27th best catcher ever. And there's like 10 guys who would have to get into the Hall of Fame before him, including people like Jason Kendall and A.J. Przinsky. And it's just, I'm sorry, it's not a thing. St. Louis well, is delusional. It's, I like to use the term self-awareness. And they greatly lack that here in this city. So, it, yeah, it's it's good. Like, th- how much they appreciate Yadier Molina is fantastic, and that's fine and dandy, but have some self-awareness. Don't just think because you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, that doesn't automatically mean that he is. Totally. It's self-awareness. Completely <laughs> Let's talk about better things. Andy, right. the, yes. Cubs, yes. the Cubs bats woke up. And they swept the Mariners because two, a two-game sweep, if it's only a two-game series, is still a sweep. So I'm calling it a sweep. Uh, um, that was good stuff. Let's go the distance and call it this this the season sweep. We, it we was. Got the season sweep. Totally. The Mariners were unable to beat the Cubs in all four matchups that they had this year. I mean, and let's be honest, we'd be disappointed if it didn't happen that way because this is not a good Mariners team. It's not. Although Daniel Vogelbach is having a nice year, and I want nothing but good things for Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, Daniel Vogelbach is, um, he is, he's a large man. <laughs> he's, he is like, so him and Schwarber were kind of like buddies back in the Cubs system, and I'll always have a soft spot for them. And I understand that Vogelbach had no place on the Cubs because he's basically a first baseman and a DH, and that's about it. But I, I just will always have a soft spot for him. So props to him having a nice year. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's always nice to hear his story when when we play him because I know they do like to talk about him. And, you know, he and Rizzo are actually um, pretty good friends too. And and it, it was kind of kind of cool to hear their story. So, yeah, it's always nice to when the Mariners, when we do play the Mariners because you get to hear things like that and you get a couple wins too. 
Yeah, so let's let's dive into these wins. So game one, I was sitting at Wrigley Field, and the Cubs continued to not score for way too long. And honestly, their scoreless inning streak was up to like 24 innings. And I was just getting progressively more angry. You could feel it at the ballpark that the entire place was just tense and cranky and wondering if the Cubs were ever going to score again. And finally, Anthony Rizzo hits an RBI single and like, it was like a damn burst. It was just like all of the angst that you could feel in the stands went away (laughs) And then they unloaded for five runs. I mean, I do kind of feel bad because, you know, while I'm watching it at home, I obviously can get up and do other things. You guys are pretty much like on an island. Like you're stuck at at Wrigley, like waiting inning by inning for these runs to happen. And you had to wait until the seventh inning. That is a, that's a long time. If you don't have like, you know, I can be distracted by other things while I'm waiting for them to score some runs because I just did have a feeling that they were going to, they were going to definitely come up with something in one of these innings. And yeah, Anthony Rizzo totally got it started on, you know, not, I wouldn't call it a soft liner, but one of those well-placed liners that just kind of, like you said, broke the dam and, and got everything rolling. It was, it was very nice to see them score five, five runs in that inning. Totally. And, and I would like to, you know, shout out former Cub and current Mariners manager, Scott Service here, because I, I don't know what possessed this man to intentionally walk Albert Almora Jr. to load the bases and pitch to Kyle Schwarber. But thank you. (laughs) That might be the worst managerial decision I've seen. And I get it. Look, for the like five dudes who were in my mentions with comments like, they wanted the force out or righty, righty, lefty, lefty. Yes, I I am well aware. That's still an absolutely (laughs) indefensible managerial move. Well, I mean, how do you even defend that? Like, there's just no, no. I mean, Albert Amora Jr. just came up, just came back up because he was failing to produce at the major Correct. league level. Like, he was just not having good at bats. He was not, he did not look good offensively at all. So, I mean, did service just like not? read the scouting report at all and was just I just don't understand but it's totally good because it worked out well in our favor it's just one of those things like dude I mean aren't you supposed to be a major league manager like (laughs) what is happening here it's not just that like Almora hasn't been great and hasn't been hitting Schwarber has been on fire lately and there are a couple of articles out uh, this week that people should definitely take some time to read Michael Cerami over at Bleacher Nation um, wrote a piece looking at Schwarber's peripherals and explaining that he thinks this is Schwarber's breakout, that it's that he's made some adjustments that are actually going to stick around long term. And I know we've been waiting for Schwarber to break out for a while now. And then there's a really great piece on Cubs Insider, too, that argues that there are some mechanical adjustments that Schwarber's made that have really changed his approach. And he's striking out less. He's hitting the ball to all fields and he's hitting the ball really hard. And it's just it's absolutely indefensible to me that a major league manager would take a look at Albert Almora Jr. who look I love him he's great defensive replacement in the late innings all day but who has been really struggling at the plate this year and be like hmm should I pitch to Almora or Schwarber 
I, I will I pitch just, to Schwarber. I don't even feel like that should be a good question. Even if you're just, if you know nothing about either one of them, <laughs> you know, like in recent at bats, it just, I don't know. It just seems so like clear cut to me. And I would love to know what the reasoning was behind it in that moment, because I just can't get on board with any reason. <laughs> There's just no reason that you could tell me that, that, that would be a good, um, a good idea. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It worked out well in our favor. I, I don't want to overanalyze something that, you know, actually really helped us get this this whole offense thing going again. Seriously, speaking of getting the offense going again, I, I just one more thing because the Cubs bats are so streaky. And if you have been a fan of this team for any length of time, you have sucked through like quite a few offensive drafts with this team. So fast forward to my brother uh, texting me the other night to say, that the Yankees apparently got shut out for the first time since June 2018. 220 games. 220 what? games between shutouts for the New York Yankees. The Cubs, meanwhile, go through these stretches where they like cannot score for multiple games in a row. And I just, what would it be like? <laughs> what would it be like? I mean, I don't even know that world. That's amazing. That is a really long time. Holy cow. It's a super long time. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, wow, that's a real thing that happened. And my brother's like all bummed that they got shut out. And I was like, gee, don't know what that's like. Listen, Buttercup, you might want to try watching a couple of the Cubs recent games and, and you know, take a walk in our shoes. Jeez Louise. So... That was a much-needed offensive outburst from the Chicago Cubs. Game two had so much going on, I just, I can't even. Uh, first things first, Ben Zobrist was back. And how happy are we to see Zobrist back, Andy? Oh, my goodness. Let me just say that, you know, I typically try to make it a point to have the game on right at first pitch. I don't like to miss anything. It just, it, that's just how I roll. I had that thing set up in the living room on the main TV where everybody in my family watches TV when they watch TV. And I was like, nobody's touching it. I got to see when he comes up, like every minute of it, every, I mean, they broke into the commercial early and everything. It was very emotional. It was very emotional for me. You could tell it was emotional for his teammates, the fans. I mean, for him, what a great, um, great feeling to have him back and just, the little things that he provides to this team, like, for example, when they had that amazing 9-1 double play, which was hilarious. That was awesome. And he totally deked the runner at second. I mean, just something little like that. Like, you have to be able to think of that stuff on the fly. That's not something you practice. That's something that you just have to have very high baseball IQ and, and have good reflexes. And he totally, I mean, that was just something that's so invaluable that people will never be able to measure that someone brings to a team and you know, stuff like that. It's like, he's just such a brilliant baseball mind and all around nice guy. And it's just so good to have him back in a Cubs uniform. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who maybe weren't listening, it was so loud when Zobers came out that I heard the opening chords of Benny and the Jets, but I honestly could not tell who was singing the song. Um, it came out later. It is still his wife's or ex-wife. I don't, I guess they're not divorced yet. They're divorced proceedings, but it's still Juliana Zobers. Um, iteration of the song, much to the chagrin of many Cubs fans who don't like that particular version of the song. Um, but, you know, he mentioned that maybe they're trying to get back together or something. Props to him for being a good guy 
and sticking with his walk-up song. It was kind of like the most talked about walk-up song ever. Um, but it was crazy that you could not hear. I, I was in the bleachers and I was unsure. Like I have a video of it that I posted on Twitter and I couldn't tell who was singing because it was so loud, <laughs> which was great. I mean, it was it was very loud. You could tell just, you know, watching if you're watching any broadcast of it on TV, it was loud and it went on for a while, which, um, you know, and he's such a humble, humble, down to earth guy. You didn't expect a whole lot of reaction from him. I didn't anyways. I didn't expect a whole lot of reaction from him. And you really didn't get too much. But you could tell that it was appreciated, that he definitely was was happy to be back in that spot. And, man, it was so good to to have him batting leadoff. And, and just to have him on the field was just such a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of guys who we were really happy to have back on the field, Wilson Contreras came back. Uh, he caught John Lester. Wilson, all like, okay, <laughs> two things about this. Number one, um, Wilson Contreras in his first at bat yesterday hit a ball that maybe hasn't landed yet. It went 450 feet. It was a monster shot. Just one of those home runs that is beyond a no-doubter. And I was pretty excited about that. There may have been people like in the suburbs who heard me scream. I heard you scream, Sarah. I'm not going to lie. I almost <laughs> paused paused the game in the bleachers so I could find you. Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just heard Sarah scream. Um, that was a freaking laser. Wow. That got out fast. And um, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but I am pledging an extra 27 cents for every foot over 400. And Wilson Contreras alone is going to break me this month. So, but I'm happy for it. So go ahead, Wilson, break me. I dare you. I, I thought of you when I heard the distance on that home run. I was like, Andy <laughs> might want to rethink that extra money for over 400 right. feet. For th- this is our dollars for dingers campaign, which if you are not signed up yet, please sign up. Uh, Mets fans are currently absolutely decimating Cubs fans in this. We have, we, we have a few people who have signed up. It's great, uh, but it's for a good cause. We're raising money for the national domestic violence hotline. You basically pledge whatever dollar amount you're comfortable with um, for every home run that the Cubs hit in September. And the Cubs went on a little bit of a tear um, in that last game against the Mariners, including um, doubling down on Andy's additional uh, yarded or foot oh, feet over 400 feet. Wow, I just butchered that. <laughs> no, it's totally good. So my my husband, who is way too excited about me having to pay money for this, was doing the math for me. And I think they spent an extra $17 of my money last night, which I'm like I said, I'm good with. I'm totally <laughs> good with because it's going to a good cause. But I need someone, I need more of you to come in and feel my pain with me and and donate your money because the Cubs are hitting home runs. So you guys need to get on that if you haven't already. Yeah, you can absolutely still sign up. Sign up all the way through September. Just put whatever dollar amount you're comfortable pledging um, on the spreadsheet. Andy and I have both been tweeting it out. We've also been tweeting it out from the at Cup of Cubby Blue account. So it's really easy to find. If for some reason you can't remember any of those handles, um, Search for hashtag dollars for dingers and you'll find us. Um, Second thing about Wilson that I want to talk about. Wilson has a new walk-up song. And this is so brilliant. I can't believe he hasn't done it before. Um, He's walking out to the song Wilson by Fish. And so I don't know how many Fish fans we have in our general listenership, but basically the start of the song is just like chords that go dun dun. And then the crowd yells Wilson. 
over and over. What? <laughs> it's so great. It's the greatest thing. It's so brilliant. You got to look up the YouTube video of this. The song basically like the first 20 or 30 seconds of the song is just like, dun, dun, Wilson, dun, dun, <laughs> Wilson. Are you serious? It's I have to look incredible. Listen, and the other thing that we have not mentioned that I have kind of forgotten about because I have a couple things coming up before, but I will be in Chicago a week from Sunday. Like it is that soon. I know. Well, and I will get to see it for myself, which I cannot. You wait are, for. and it's and it's great. It's like literally the greatest walk-up song that I've heard, maybe since uh Kevin Euclid was coming out to You've got what I need, but all the fans in Boston would just yell, you, because <laughs> why not? Um, oh, that's good. It's the same idea. It's just like they're just yelling his name <laughs> the entirety of the time that he walks to the plate. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, props to Wilson for finding this fish song, which is incredible. <laughs> okay. One thing I have to add right now, because I never miss an opportunity to say this nickname, but Lil Yaz just hit a home run against St. Louis. Go little Yaz. Thank you. <laughs> Look at that. It's like generations of Bostonians helping out, helping out the cause. I mean, do what you can, right? Well, you know, it's only the uh, third inning. It's the top of the third right now, but the Cardinals do not have a hit yet. So that's good stuff. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. I, I can say it. it this, this recording isn't going to go live until after the game. That's so it's true. Not, that's I didn't true. really say it. I, I didn't say it to the universe. I said it like, two hours from now like in the future but <laughs> past yeah that's what we're gonna talk about that's that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> this is like that space balls moment where it's like we're in now now right or whatever <laughs> not upside down world but now yeah, now exactly okay yeah. so moving on back to baseball um <laughs> speaking of baseballs that have not landed yet uh Nicholas Castellanos hit a home run Kyle Schwarber hit a 412 foot bomb because he's on fire right now. And John Lester was just great in this game. He um, only allowed one run. He got out of a couple of jams. I'm telling you, he loves having Wilson behind the plate for him. And this was super fun. Lester last night passed John Lackey in career wins. And the official Cubs Twitter account made like a little video for this that compared Lackey's career stats with Lester's current stats as if it was like as if like passing Lackey was a milestone so <laughs> literally like congrats on your 189th career win here are all of John Lackey's stats compared to John Lester they are so amazing it's it's so great like their creativity is just second to none and also, take a second and try to picture John Lackey's face while he sees this because you know he's cracking up, but at the same time, you know he's a little bit like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, he's super salty about it because he's John Lackey. <laughs> so great. I'm just picturing him in his cowboy hat being all kinds of mad. <laughs> well, you know, John Lackey paid the Cubs a visit in that New York Mets series where the Cubs swept the Mets. And I sort of think that he like lit a fire under them. Under them. I, I have a hunch. Yeah, I would not doubt that at all. And whatever it takes, if it means getting him and Rossi back with this team in some aspect, I'm here, here for, for it. it. Yep. Here for it. Yep. Here for um, it. Speaking of the brilliance of the Cubs social team, if you are not signed up for Cubs social media night, you need to get on that. I wrote about it for 
bleed cubby blue today. But the the bottom line is that Cubs social media night is one of the most fun nights at Wrigley Field every year. Uh, this year, it happens to be September 16th. It will be for the Cubs Reds series. And both Andy and I will be there. Andy's going to come visit me in Chicago so we can hang out at Cubs social media night. So you should come hang out with us and a bunch of your favorite Cubs Twitter personalities. We have a couple hours before the game. There's a raffle. There are t-shirts. There's always fun activities. It's good stuff. Well, and just so you all know, this is where Sarah and I first met. So um, you can make a lot of good friends there. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the people that um, are Cubs social media just from meeting them at this event. And I mean, it's a ton of fun. I can't say enough about how well done this is. And they just do such a great job of bringing everybody together and showing appreciation for every all the time we spend. Because social media is a huge part of this game, whether we choose to admit it or not. You know, it just it brings a lot of people together. You get a lot of information. Um, you're able to talk to a lot of people that you read. It's such a good event, and I highly recommend it. It is free. The event is free to sign up for. You do have to have a game ticket, so make sure if you don't to grab one of those. And um, just a a pro tip, if you are still looking to go, you may want to secure a bleacher seat because um, we do all usually sit in the bleachers, like quite a few of us do. So if that's something you would be interested in, I would definitely jump on it. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to hang out with us, which would, which would be super fun. Um, so let's talk quickly about the state of the race before we take a quick break. Uh, like we talked about a little bit ago, the Cardinals are currently facing the Giants in the final game of their series. Um, they are dealing with Madison Bumgarner tonight. The Giants have a one-run lead there, but they're threatening. They have runners at the corners with only one out, so hopefully they can tack on some more here. I mean – Look, I am not a huge Madison Bumgarner fan. I have some problems with the dude, but frankly, I've never wanted him to win more than I want him to right now. (laughs) So go Mad Bum. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and just FYI, they do have a day game tomorrow. So they, this is a a four-game series. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also I will say everybody kind of talks about the the Cardinals devil magic because some reason they always have these no-name guys that come in at random points in the season and just look like, MVP candidates and it's crazy to me and it's crazy to a lot of people but I will just say that they had two really fluky plays back to back that don't usually happen to them and they're devil's magic so um I kind of feel like the tides are shifting or so I'm like trying to like you know put on them so it was like um Bader is playing center and he usually catches everything even remotely close to him and he missed a, a ball that was right in front of him. And then DeYoung at shortstop had a ball go in and out of his glove. So hopefully this means things are changing. We're on the upswing. They're on the downswing. And things even out before we meet them for seven games before the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Andy, if you have this game on in uh, St. Louis as you're watching, did Waka get hurt? Because he's um, out of the game. I don't know. I think I was probably looking down when that happened. But yeah, he was out really early. He did not even come out for the third inning. And it looks like the Giants are going to score a run on a pass ball. Yes, they just scored a run on a pass ball. So it is two to nothing. All Um, right. So we are are all temporary lifelong Giants fans tonight. And the Cubs are currently three games behind the Cardinals. But this game in progress is, you know, the the Giants are doing their thing. So go Giants. Um, The 
Nationals lost to the Mets today after coming back to win one of the most ridiculous games of all time. And if you didn't see that, you really just need to go look it up because the Mets managed to blow six runs um, in the ninth inning, as only the Mets can do. Um, So the Nationals are currently three games ahead of the Cubs in the wild card. The Phillies are playing the Reds tonight, and I have not looked at the score of that recently, but I'm going to do it right now. They are two and a half games in back of the Cubs and currently uh, losing to the Reds by one run in the top of the six. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's scoreboard watching time. I mean, unfortunately, our play has just gotten us into this situation and we just have to do what we can do when we can do it, which means beat the beatable teams, which is pretty much everybody left on our um, schedule, except for maybe the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have to be beatable. If the Cubs are going to win the division, the Cardinals have to be beatable. A hundred percent. And we've seen them be beatable. So it's not just right now they're playing out of their minds. And hopefully, like I said, they start to come back down to earth here. But I mean, you know, yeah, one eye has got to be focused on that scoreboard. Unfortunately, we've just put ourselves in this situation this season. So here we are. All right. Speaking of teams that the Cubs have to beat, uh, we're going to look ahead to four games with the Brewers on the other side of the break. But first, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. So the Brewers are four games in back of the Cubs um, for the second wild card. And the Cubs are headed to Milwaukee for four Cubs have not played particularly well in Miller Park this year, but you know what? That was the old Cubs before they swept the Mets at City Field. So maybe the new Cubs are great on the road. Who knows? Um, what are we looking for in this series, Andy? I mean, for the love of everything holy, we have to win some games against this very beatable team. They have <laughs> not looked right for, for a while now. You know, Milwaukee hasn't. Right. Um, they just you know, we've seen these pitchers how many times in the past three weeks? Like, I feel like every other series has been against Milwaukee. So these are pitchers that we should be beating up on. There's no secrets. Like we know everything now. Um, And I will confess, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I really hope no one um, holds us against me, but I will be in attendance at one of these games. Now my record at Miller is not as bad as my record at Bush. But it's still not good. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, your record at Wrigley is great. So. My record at Wrigley is undefeated this year. So, um, again, I'll be heading there later in September. So, if you want to get tickets to the games I'm going to, just hit me up. I'll let you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I'm I'm hoping that um, we can we need at least three out of four. If we can't sweep this, we need at least three out of four. I mean, if the Cubs win three out of four here, I sort of think the Brewers are done, which is what you would expect and hope the Cubs can do. Uh, the pr- the probable pitching matchups look exactly the same as what we just saw at Wrigley, plus one matchup, obviously, because the last Wrigley series was three games. Um, Quintana will face Chase Anderson in the series opener on Thursday. Uh, Cole Hamels against Zach Davies will go on Friday. Darvish against Gio Gonzalez on Saturday assuming Darvish is good to go. And then Kyle Hendricks versus Adrian Hauser uh, will wrap this up on Sunday. So I was really hoping to see Darvish um, and we're going on Friday. So I was really hoping to see Darvish, but that would mean that Milwaukee would have to No, that wouldn't work. I was going to say there would have to be some sort of rain delay. Oh, <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> Never mind. Milwaukee has a roof. Maybe we should tell them. yeah no uh in case you're you missed it milwaukee had a nine minute rain delay because they were i I don't even know just trying to mess with the cardinals was that it probably (laughs) 
<laughs> Go Brewers. You you do you, Brewers. Keep up with your we're not gonna close the roof when it's gonna rain and we're not gonna sell Cubs fans tickets unless they get them on StubHub for less than face value. They're great plans up Whoopsie. there in Milwaukee. Uh, Marketing team fired. <laughs> so while we're talking about this matchup, another thing to keep an eye on uh, is just who's hot right now. Honestly, the only players that are currently playing for the Brewers who are really doing some damage at the moment are Eric Thames and Christian Yelich. And Grandal has a WRC plus over 100 recently, but his batting average is like 200. He's literally doing his damage with like random extra base hits and occasional walks, like not occasional walks. He's walk he's walking like 25% of the time, which is super weird. Um, it's like the weirdest line I've seen in a hot minute. So I can't imagine that it's sustainable for him to slash um, 200, 396, 400. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a thing anybody's going to do for a long period of time. Yeah, no, I I think that will uh that will probably work itself out here over the next couple games, I would guess. I reread my filters on fan graphs like three times like that can't be a real line, but it, but it is in fact what Yasmani Grandal has been doing for the last two weeks. Um, Meanwhile, for the Chicago Cubs, your hottest hitters are, and, and this will come as no surprise to anyone, Kyle Schwarber uh, leading the way over the last two weeks. He's slashing 302, 362, 767, the WRC plus of 179. Uh, he is followed by Victor Caratini and Nicholas Castellanos. And what this doesn't show you is that Wilson Contreras is back and he looks ready to play. I mean, it's just such a it's such an injection of energy to see that guy on the field. He is something else. And the second when he hit that home run to his reaction, how he's running the bases, all of it, you know, um, I will say that my heart skipped a beat at the end of the game. I think his last at bat when he was pulled for a pinch runner um, when he was rounding first, I was like, I had to close my eyes. I was like, Oh God, I can't watch. I can't watch. I can't watch. I'm just, I'm a little nervous about the hammy. You definitely don't want to see that creep back up on him. So it, it would be good to see him take it a little easy, I think. And it, I'm guessing we'll see Victor Caratini rotated in probably more than normal. I don't think that Wilson has an easy setting. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there that Wilson strikes me as the kind of person who goes from zero to 60 in like no time flat. That's just who he is. No, I 100% agree, but they were talking about it on the broadcast that he did say he was going to be very, very uh, aware of, of the hamstring. So no, in no sense did he say that he was going to take it easy, but he was just obviously well aware of, of you know, the injury. So. One of the things that really just made me laugh during that game, when during his first game back, he just kept trying to pick runners off and backpick them. And I was like, and it wasn't happening. There were all these super close plays and the Mariners have some kind of speedy guys, but you just could tell that Wilson was frustrated that he was not getting these backpick calls and he was not getting these caught stealing calls. And he just, he kept throwing the ball and just like hurling it down there like a hundred miles an hour and trying to backpick these Mariner players. I kind of felt bad for Anthony Rizzo's hand because I'm sure that it was red when it was all said and done. Oh, and just, just an update. It is now four to nothing. San Francisco in the top Woohoo! of the third. So, yeah. We are all Giants fans tonight, people. Well, and the and the Cardinals are on their third pitcher already.
Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And yeah, it, it, this is hopefully this is going to get lopsided here real quick. So that's good stuff. So Madison Bumgarner is currently batting with runners at second and third or is my game day behind? No, he's 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 batting right now. He's up right now. Two outs and two and two. All and right. He is, he is a he's a good hitter for a pitcher. And they said that they were going to have to be aware of that. And I don't know if this pitcher has been in the majors for more than five minutes. So I don't know if he um, <laughs> is very confident in his ability to pitch to this guy. And we're talking about the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Mad Bum is Mad Bum is a great hitting pitcher as far as oh, that yes. goes. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, so as far as things we'll be watching tomorrow, in addition to the start of the Cubs series against the Brewers, as Andy already said, the Cardinals will be wrapping up their series against the Giants with some day baseball. Um and the Phillies will be wrapping up their series with the Reds with some day baseball as well. So make sure you're keeping an eye on those. Is there anything else you're watching on the scoreboard, Andy? Uh, no, but um, it, it's I, I'm excited for this series. I mean, you know, now is the time. I know I keep saying that I sound like a broken record and it does get exhausting keeping thinking this, but we have to do what we can do. Like I said, we have to just, you know, beat the teams that we can beat. And you can't even watch the scoreboard until you put W's up in your own column. So um we got to do that this weekend. We got to do that against a team that is extremely beatable and one that we've seen a lot of. Um, so it's not like it should be any surprises on, on what we're dealing with. So it'll be nice. And, and for any of you um, football fans, it's kind of ironic that the Cubs play the Brewers because the Bears play the Packers. So it'll be Wisconsin versus Illinois tomorrow night. I mean, that Bears-Packer game is going to be something else. I All of Grant Park is set up for like some sort of it, I'm viewing guessing party? a what is it a viewing party or a rally I can't at, tell. At Field. Sure. I, I noticed it um on my drive-in to work this morning and I was like is this like a pep rally or like a is this like a viewing party I'm not entirely sure what's going on but there's Packers bear stuff all over Grant Park if you know what this is tweet it at us and let me know um I'm going to be watching the game at Nisei with my fantasy football league so I will not be watching from whatever is going on your grandpa. I'm pretty right. sure that's probably this is the Monday night football game. So that's probably the Monday night football setup that uh, they're doing. Well, but it, but it's on Thursday. With the trailers and stuff. Yeah, it's it's still it's the because the season's starting on a Thursday. It's but it's a it's a it's the Monday night football broadcast, I guess is how you would say it. So all of the normal stuff they would do for a Monday night football game, they're doing for Thursday because it's still considered week one. So it's confusing, but it, <laughs> It's it's probably all the Monday night football trailers and all they they do like a huge stage setup and let all the fans in and everything else. So that's probably what they're doing. Oh, that may be it. That I mean, that's clearly what was set up. I um I just know that it kind of delayed me getting into work today, and I was feeling kind of bad about it because there was a bunch of setup going on in traffic and stuff. Um. All right. Well, that's what we'll be looking for. We will be cheering for the Bears, obviously, uh, and hoping that you know, team Chicago comes out on top of all things of this Chicago, Milwaukee or Sh Illinois, Wisconsin, I guess, because Green Bay is not Milwaukee, um, Illinois, Wisconsin matchup uh, tweeted us and let us know what you're thinking as these games get underway. And as the playoff race comes down to the wire, um, you can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy at at BRYZ underscore blue. And you can find both of us at at cup of cubby blue. 
make sure that you make your donation and your pledge for Dollars for Dingers and help us gain some ground on our Mets fans, friends there, and help out a good cause. And yeah, Andy, go Cubs. Go Bears. Go Chicago. Go Chicago. I like that too.